Please listen carefully. Welcome to the Rick and Dodd Show. Two dudes, a podcast, and some laughs. Prepare to be underwhelmed. And away we go. We'll get into the trip here in a, in a, in a second. But um, so, I, yeah, so coming back to America, I got to deal with sweet, sweet, sweet dummies. Oh, my God. Oh my God. I, I should have known because I didn't even tell you about the flight. No, oh, no, no, no. Well, that's what I, I explicitly – I was in this weird position where I avoided I, – I haven't even seen our group chat since I, I have that muted since I'm in so many group chats. But I haven't – I've specifically kind of weirdly avoided trying to catch up with anything that you had going on because I wanted to talk about it here. And I didn't want to lose yeah. uh, some of the, the newness or my initial reactions to it. So I, I'm hoping that it yeah. ends up being uh, a, a nice roller coaster worth here. So I guess I'll start at we'll we'll book in my little rant here with uh, American customer service. So the preamble is basically all that. So we're, um, the flight over uh, wasn't too bad. Um, I knew it was going to be long, and I was okay with that. Um, one of the things that I started to notice during uh, during the actual travel. Uh, was the lack of actual planning my travel agent did. Okay. So, uh, for instance, I don't know if we talked about this before, but she basically didn't bother to book me anything in China for that layover. Yeah, I, I and it was like, oh, pretty sure we talked yeah. about that. She, yeah, she goes, oh, well, you can just, uh, you know, just to summarize for those who might not have uh, listened. She basically went, oh, there's hotels and stuff you can stay in the basically in the airport i really rate just stay at the airport uh not so not a bad game plan uh except that those hotels are impossible to find <laughs> and they didn't decide to turn on the heat in the airport and it was like 30 <laughs> it was like 30 over there yeah so because of that so because of that i had to basically try and book a room um day night of so that was fun after being incredibly tired yeah and you're kind and of uh, getting caught in of caught in your own shit and then uh, you're yeah rocking a hard place so you really have no bargaining power and you're just stuck with whatever they end up having yeah yeah so that was that was fuck up number one by her um because once again i've never traveled internationally literally i took everything she's not, like not everything is like gospel but you know she didn't want it. She she couldn't even be bothered to like. She goes, "Oh, well, you need to pay for a visa." Well, she was incorrect about that too, <laughs> because I had to get a visa to be able to go to the hotel, regardless. So her fuck up of not actually explaining the visa process to me, you know, that's kind of part of her job. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what you're saying. Like, you're just expecting that she is the professional there and should be able to point you in the right direction for what you need to get done. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that was, so anyway, go to China, get there. Um, China is a shithole. <laughs> um, which, uh, which airport I was it? I don't know. How, uh, Beijing. Okay. So this is the capital airport. <laughs> no heat. Everything's a hot mess. Yeah, that's a new uh, one for me. I've breaks. never been in there. I've only flown through Hong Kong, so I haven't been on mainland China at all. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> um, It was great. 
Um, they make you actually... So before you can actually go through um, any of the rest... Of, like Before you can even go to another gate or anything, mm-hmm. they literally make you go through immigration. So you... And the way... That it's basically sectioned off from the rest of the airport. So you basically have to go through airport security. You have to go through... You have to get scanned into a system, go through an airport security to get a temporary visa, and then go through airport security to get to the rest of the airport. Mm-hmm. N- oh, after you go through customs. Um, so that was fun. Um, ended up getting a hotel uh, in China. Uh, no dinner because there wasn't any place even remotely close yeah. to, to, to go to. Also, it was kind of late, and uh, China, the way that people make fun of, like, Compton and Oakland, of being, like, you know, like, like just, like, give, like they give the bad neighborhood vibes and are kind of dilapidated, mm-hmm. that's, like, the area around the airport, right? But, like, real bad, right? Like, I know if I just sat there, if I walked around, you know, Oakland, I wasn't going to get stabbed by a prostitute. Right, so I I really hope I really hope I'm not offending anybody. Well, by, um, <laughs> for me, you you it's not really anywhere else that you've mentioned so far. But for me, that is that area is Newark, New Jersey, because that's the only place yes. I've ever been where the Hilton has had uh, razor wire around the outside of it. So the yeah. and it was pretty sketchy. Even just go like the the official bus from the airport to the the. Hilton that you can see from the terminals uh, is pretty sketchy, so it's very similar to that. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I get to the get to the hotel. Um, the uh, I'm trying to ask like when checkout is. Mm-hmm. They go, oh, the, the shuttle to the airport's at noon, and I'm like, that's not what I'm asking. When the fuck do I need to be out of the room? I don't understand. Whatever, whatever. Cool. You are an international airport hotel. What whatever. Um, also, the free Wi-Fi in China is not free at the airport. They make you basically sign up with phone numbers and then send you text message confirmation codes. Um, at least in Beijing. Mm-hmm. So uh, the free Wi-Fi not free. Not surprised. Um, they um, so that was uh, that was fun. Um, the uh, I got my hotel room. Uh, the hotel was straight trash. Um, the entire room smelled like mildew, which I figured out why. So uh, immediately when I walked in, I mean, I just fucking stayed there because fuck it, I'd already paid. I was tired. And mm-hmm. we, were, we were here. I didn't like that. But um, so the shower. This is uh, electrical ingenuity of the, the shower here. So uh, the entire bathroom was basically the shower. Okay. Um, there was a toilet seat that was about two inches off of the toilet, but bolted in. Um, so you could do some weird side saddle shitting if you were so <laughs> so inclined. Um, the shower was an overhead shower, which is pretty cool. Um, except it wasn't in a tub or anything. It was just in the rest of the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And so there was like a small shower curtain uh, that came. It was about a... Head to head to waist, um, 
to give you privacy from anyone that was coming in and shitting, even though it could still see, see your genitals. Um, and that bar was basically running across the entire bathroom. It had a overhead shower and then like a bar you could wash, wash yourself. And then immediately right next to the shower area was the sink and electrical outlets. No, I was just sitting there. And I was like, well, I was like very, I've, never been like in a in a bathroom before with outlets and been like incredibly conscious about outlet placement. how close everything was <laughs> yeah and i was like mm, this is this is this, ain't, this isn't good and the fact that it's just like three flowing water is just all over the place because there's no lips anywhere there's just a drain in the floor and you're not confident um, that they're gfci trippable uh, circuits so that you're not going to just have you know pure unadulterated no. direct current going right into the water yeah, uh, from what I learned from the science that I learned from Pokemon, I was probably in for a bad, it wasn't a bad way, probably, <laughs> if any water got anywhere that it wasn't supposed to. So um, I ended up taking the shower, uh, watched some Chinese soap operas for a little bit and fell asleep. Um, I don't understand. I don't speak Chinese or understand it. And there was no English subtitles. So I, I just guessed what was happening. Um then I, I went, it was about 11 o'clock their time, uh, Beijing time when I went to sleep. Woke up about 5 and uh, was bored the fuck out of my mind. Uh, no internet. Um, I played a little bit of Switch. Watched some more Chinese soap operas. I, I spent like two hours watching this lady like watching this one this one show where this lady like made it was like set in like rural China like as a period piece and like i just watched this lady make shoes okay for like two for two fucking hours until breakfast opened and then um went down to breakfast which was an array they had a tea at breakfast uh which i'm pretty sure was just a warmed gatorade um that's exactly what it tasted like i didn't know what it was but i was not gonna ask anything i was just i was just gonna put food in my mouth and let it be <laughs> um <laughs> no, that's I a whole new ver- version of the Beatles song that I I, uh, <laughs> I hear in my head now. <laughs> and um, it, it's just it's it's just ripe for a real Weird Al parody in the eighties. Yeah. Um, so I uh, went back to the room, uh, watched another Chinese soap opera, uh, played a little bit of Switch, and was so bored that I actually sat down and watched a Dallas Mavericks game. Okay. Um, so it took the boredom and tyranny of communist China for me to sit down and watch NBA basketball. Um, yeah, so I actually didn't finish the game. I actually just sat outside <laughs> and waited for the shuttle for like an hour and a half. Um, went back, went back through airport security, which is just fucking peaches in China. And then on the plane to Osaka. Uh, got in Osaka was like finally let's get to the hotel i just want to drop drop all my bags shower but i go first thing i need to do is buy a sim card so i walk in uh, look through all the sim card providers take out my four thousand yen uh and purchase a sony sim card uh didn't work (laughs) uh when i got later internet access two days later uh, I was able to see and do research that Sony SIM cards are just notoriously known for not working. In general? <laughs> just useless? In, in general. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, they're useless. And I was like, cool. So that's 40 bucks up down the drain. Um, so I'm wandering around without my main translation app. Um, and just lost as I'll get out. Um, trying to get to the hotel. So I get, I figure out the trains with a lot of help from the train people. I get to the area relative area that I'm staying. Um, and, uh, end up walking around for three hours because I cannot figure out where the hotel is because the streets are all fucking close together and, I don't have my I don't have my GP, I don't have a G, I didn't have my GPS to uh-huh. figure it out. I was real close to the train station. I just couldn't figure it out. Um anyway, get into the hotel, chill out, um wander uh wander around um Sakamoto um a little bit more. The one thing I will say is that the people over there are super nice. Um That's good to know. So, uh, and super helpful. Um, so I, uh, ended up exploring Sukamoto the first day I wandered around, did a lot of walking. Um, and then, um, uh, then I, like I grabbed a, I grabbed a meal like around like three o'clock or whatever. And then like went back to the hotel just to kind of, chill a little bit and figure out my next plan and i pretty much fell asleep until like six the next day (laughs) that's how it was for me when the first trip i had to australia where i was like oh well there's something i can do later so let me just take a quick nap and then i ended up sleeping like that i took a nap at like 2 p.m and i wanted to wake up at 8 p.m to go to go watch a movie and i ended up sleeping until 10 a.m the next day yeah so I uh, went to Osaka because I was in there for three days. I was there it was three two three I think or some shit like that. Uh, so I was um, I went to Osaka, uh, got my SIM card working on day two, um, and then because I was going to have to. Apparently, uh, you were not able to buy SIM cards. Is the other thing is that it made it seem like SIM cards were readily available. Um, from a lot of the research that I did on the SIM cards, that is not the case. Okay. Um, they're basically, they are only available in the major cities and at the airport. Um, th- from the research that I saw, saw that it made it seem like the SIM cards would basically be at any traveler's hub. Uh, or any, basically any convenience store. Not the case. Uh, the convenience stores were just food. That's all the hmm. convenience stores Interesting. I mean, there was other stuff too, but primarily they were just they they don't even sell aspirin at the convenience store. Um, I had to pay twenty dollars in Osaka for a fucking bottle of ibuprofen. Yeah, that's a kick in the nuts. Oh my god, yeah, it was kicking my head too. <laughs> I almost debated writing out, debating writing out the fucking migraine and just be like, oh, I can save the twenty bucks. I'll be miserable. Like, oh, I'll take the fucking pills. It was only like for forty dollars on top of it, so it was real. Bit. So, um, but um, yeah, we uh, so I did that and was I explored Osaka, walked around Osaka, uh, was able to figure that out once I had the uh, GPS app and all that. Went to the Pokemon Center, uh, 
which is I, I probably should have went to one of the bigger ones, but I was just excited to go to a Pokemon Center. Um, all the stuff was just overpriced, a little bit too much for my liking. You know what um, all did they have there? A lot of plushies. Okay. Um, a lot of plushies and not a lot of the other cool stuff that you were kind of hoping or kind of expecting. Um, not like not just wasn't as cool as what you expected. Yeah, I expected a little. This is gonna sound stupid. I expected a more of right, more of a variety of Pokemon merchandise. Um, and there just wasn't a lot of it, considering later in my research, um, you couldn't really figure it out. Like, 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 uh, from from later in my travels, like there wasn't a lot of Pokemon merchandise available outside of the Pokemon Center. Okay. Um. So I mean, there like there was, but it wasn't like it still wasn't hitting the spot that you wanted, like your nice figurines and that kind of stuff. Um, like a lot of Mega Blocks, and I'm like Pokemon <laughs> themed Mega Block kits. I'm like, who the fuck wants? Like I'm like this, this like this isn't what I want. I just want a nice Pikachu statue, you know. Um, but I imagine at one of the bigger ones, I probably would have found more stuff that I was looking for. Um, so. Day three. Can't remember. Did I go to? Oh, I had to travel, so I went to, and then I went from Osaka to uh, Daikacho uh, or Denden Town, uh, which is basically like their version. If you're familiar with Tokyo's Akihara um, uh, or Electric Town, um, it's very similar to that. So it was basically wall to wall used media stores, electronics, um, that kind of stuff. Okay. So it was pretty cool to go through there. I, re- I actually really enjoyed that there. Um, and then got back to, um, you know, it got back to the hotel, was having a fair amount of fun. Um, and then go, okay, well, I have to go to Tokyo tomorrow. Let me see how much the train ticket's going to be. Um, so when I looked at it originally, or like when we looked uh, when we looked at it at the travel travel office, I wasn't planning on getting a I wasn't planning on getting a JR pass or rail pass because um, I wasn't I was doing a lot of inner inner town travel. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't going up and down Japan. Uh, so when we looked at it, she goes, oh, you can just take the train. I go, okay, cool, whatever. It was going to be done. Uh, the train ticket costs 15,000 yen. Um, if it tells you anything, a flight from uh, Kansai to Haneda is about 13,000 yen. Yeah, I was going to say that seemed pretty high up there. Yeah, so the train, t- basically, rough translation, to get me to and from, um, uh, to and from, because she didn't bother to book the advanced travel. Um, I was planning on spending money on trains. I wasn't planning on spending $400 on trains. Mm-hmm. Uh, as in it, so I ended up having to basically spend that to get a JR pass. Um, so I could actually get to and from. So that was an additional. So she fucked up the hotel. 
She didn't book my in. She didn't book my in-country travel because it would have just been cheaper to get a flight because it was still a three-hour train ride on the bullet train. So, if she had actually booked the flight when I had made all the reservations for everything, the flight probably would have been like fifty or sixty bucks. So she messed up on that, and so I ended up because of I was making up. So she basically. She she ended up making like three mistakes that cost me basically about five hundred extra dollars. I wasn't really planning on spending, which is still quite a considerable amount of money. in In the grand scheme, of, in the grand yeah. scheme of an international trip, I mean that's still. I mean, for an international trip, it's you're going to be spending more overall, but that's still quite a considerable amount of money to when you're overseas somewhere to kind of just be all of a sudden now you have to do it because again you're stuck in the middle yeah. of something. Yeah. Um, so that was fun. And then, cause I was basically planning out like souvenir money and what to get folks and, and that. And, um, and because of that, I wasn't able to get a lot of stuff. Were you able to I find me a real to. life Pokemon? Uh, I tried to buy some donuts from Mr. Donuts because they made them seem like they were Pokemon donuts. <laughs> and I was just going to like, you know, be like, look, I found you a Pokemon and then like eat the donut. <laughs> but, uh, they were not. They were just fucking Pokeballs. They didn't have anything inside of them. Um, That's unfortunate. So, yeah, so after I basically started stop shelling out money for her fucking mistake. So I needless to say, she ended up, I ended up, I had a cushion that I immediately, I basically like, so I went over there with a fair amount of cash. Ended up having to spend an additional $500 because of her, my travel agent's fuck ups. And then I ended up going through some of my reserve money on top of that. So like I ended up going over way over what I had estimated, uh, mostly because of her, her ineptitude. Um, so I got to, uh, got to Yokohama. And when I say ineptitude, this is uh, this, my time in Tokyo will just shows you how inept she was. (laughs) So, I was staying, so I ended up staying, I didn't stay at traditional hotels, I just stayed at business hotels because she told me they were cheaper. Okay. So I got into Yokohama, got got checked in, um, and went to, it was feeling kind of randy, so I went to go, um, I went to the ramen museum. Grand time, uh, tried to buy a charger for my, or a converter for my laptop because the one I bought from Walmart that said Japan really meant Oh, the other Asian country that's like has a population that's like, I don't know, 10 times the size of Japan. So it would basically it said Japan, but it was really for China, Chinese outlets. OK, so um, which was premium because they don't have the they don't have the ground on their outlets. So their the regular plugs and a lot of our devices are optimized for them, but they don't have grounds on them. So all of our stupid stuff that has grounds built in you have to buy like an adapter for so uh that was a fun conversation um so i ended up doing that picking that up realized i didn't work i was like whatever and just went back to the hotel after the run museum pretty decent day um the next day i go okay i'm gonna go to akihabara and because i really wanted to go and just explore Tokyo and just try and make the best of the best of these fuck ups because I'm averaging money at this point. Uh, <laughs> and, um, I go, so I go to, um, um, so I go to Akihabara 
and I figure out the trains. Trains are all good and good and good and done. And I um, walk into a store that I think is Super Potato. And Super Potato is known for having like figurines, uh, video games, all that kind of shit. And on the first first two floors, that's what I see. And I go, oh, this would be really cool. There's like seven floors to this. Let me explore the entire building. So I uh, take the elevator to the top and go, I'll just walk down. Because I'm going to go on every store. I'm going to go on every floor. It makes sense to just walk down. <laughs> the remaining floors? Porn. <laughs> just porn as far as the eye could see. So, and now on the bottom floor, you have to basically, when you go into these stores, because there's so many floors, you have to basically buy your purchases per floor. Like, you can't, you know, you can't get your, you know, your con- copy of, you know, Dragon Quest Seven. when you're buying your stack of porn. Yeah. You have to do it separate. So, on the first floor, mind you, I had bought my mommy Winnie the Pooh figure. Uh, because they had Winnie the Pooh figures and a whole bunch of Disney figures. And then I was very confused when I went upstairs and saw nothing but porn. Um, so I told her, I was like, hey, I'm like, I got your souvenir from a porn shop. Because functionally, if you have seven floors and five of them are dedicated to porn, you sell porn. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and a lot of the story, a lot of the, a lot of the places in Akihabara were like that. Um, I did go to Super Potato. That seems really interesting. Feeling. It was kind of crowded. Um, what? I uh, just I oh, so the name of Super Potato. That's something I is that a oh, yeah. a known Japanese uh, yes, chain yes. or that's basically tourist like, destination. Yes, that's uh, basically like retro game stuff. Okay. Um, they're real. They're real big on recycled media over there, and like Super Potato is basically their version of like Second and Charles. I was hoping um, it was an awesome well, French fry for- place, but I'm a little bit more disappointed now. Yeah, um, I was kind of hoping it would be more awesome than it was too. Um, so Super Potato uh, is it's in a five four. It's a building of like five or six floors, and floors three through five are Super Potato. And the bottom part is just some very ornery-looking Japanese dude selling hardware and drill bits. Um, so it's very, it's, it was kind of hard to find. But um, I checked that out. I was going to play some Splatterhouse on one of their arcades, but it was like impossible to kind of get around. I didn't have any. I didn't have any hundred yet chains. I didn't have any hundred hundred yen coins on me. So I was like, ah, fuck it. Um, and then I kind of just sat there and was like, I like experienced Akihabara. Like I looked at the arcades and just got that thing where it was like, Oh, I'm going to play an arcade in Japan. And I, I, I didn't even get to that point. I literally just looked at the cost of everything and said, I was like 300 yen to play a light gun game. Get out of here. I'll do this. Like a goddamn house. Like, <laughs> um, and so I decided I was like, okay, well, you know, screw it. I like, I've still at this point, I still had some energy and I was like, oh, I'll just go to, uh, I'll just go check out Tokyo. I'll ch- I'll go into Tokyo and, and check out. I can only do like one or two things. Like I'll go check out Tokyo. I'll go check out Tokyo Tower. So you know, um, so the JR Pass only gets you on their JR trains. It doesn't do any of the other. Or it doesn't do the bus system. It doesn't do the subway, and it doesn't do like some of the private train lines. Okay. So that's part of the reason why I didn't want to buy the JR. That's part of the reason why I didn't want to buy the JR Pass is because it didn't stop you from spending. Um, it didn't stop you from from it didn't it didn't it alleviated the travel costs, but other than that, you were still hemorrhaging out you know ten fifteen dollars to ride the subway. 
Um, and the only way to get Tokyo Tower, take the subway, and then walk a mile. <laughs> so I was like, okay, whatever. I get Tokyo Tower, pay to go inside Tokyo Tower. Um, and then go up to Tokyo Tower. It's crowded with people because it's it was this. I went during the 60th anniversary of Tokyo Tower. Unbeknownst to me. Um, oh, so the ineptitude. So before Tokyo Tower, there was a big shrine. A really, uh, it's a really famous shrine, and I can't remember the name of it right now. And I, but it's real close to Tokyo Tower. Um, and I ran into an American couple from Seattle. And we were talking and everything. And they're like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, where are you guys staying? They're like, oh, we're staying in Tokyo. I'm like, oh, man, I'm like, the room prices. They're like, oh, we're paying $30 a night for our hotel room. <laughs> okay. And I literally just went, what? They're not staying in a hostel or anything. Had a, they found a hotel room in Tokyo for 30 bucks a night. They've been there for, they were there for night four. They only stayed for five days. And I was like, the only hotel she could even get me in Tokyo was the Sun Prince, which looks like the cross between a rundown NBC streets and Motel 6. And that was going to cost me $450 for the two nights I was going to be in Tokyo. Holy shit. And these fuckers, guys, super nice. <laughs> I say fuckers lovingly. Yeah. But these guys like literally just sit there and were able to find a hotel for 30 bucks. I was like, what was the point of even having the travel agent? <laughs> I mean, it's taken me this long, but I was going to ask the same thing. Like, how did you find this person? And then what What did she actually do for you then? So uh, I booked through, I had booked through AAA. So I pay for AAA as a service. And then some of their stuff is that they basically have um, stuff for um, for members. So I'm gonna, I have the highest membership of AAA. Okay. Like a premier or yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever the top level is. Yeah, yeah. So, and there's a lot of stuff that comes with that. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just book through AAA because they can line up the flights cheaper and get everything done, and it'll be done, and I don't have to worry about like a lot of charges going through all my card overseas or just fighting, you know, dealing with it. So, to do that, you have to pay a fee. So I pay. I had paid the booking fee, and she literally just didn't do a good job, and like. Basically just half-assed it. Yeah, she just half-assed it because I wasn't going to spend like $10,000 on the trip. And I was like, cool. Okay, great. And tried to tell me that the cost in flights were going to be different by... Were difference of five by $500 because even though I was booking... I was... I, I'd stopped by like a week and a half earlier and she said the prices of the flights had changed that much, which I know they didn't. Mm-hmm. And um, because lo and behold, I got a flight for eight hundred and forty dollars. So, um, yeah, so she just like half asked it and just didn't bother to do any of the stuff that she needed to do. So, yeah, um, so that was fun. Uh, That was a fun way to end um, Tokyo. So um, I ended up um, going to. Oh, so Tokyo Tower. So. I got to Tokyo Tower, paid to get in. I was kind of tired, but I was like, whatever, I'll eat I'll eat lunch at the top of Tokyo Tower because I know there's a little restaurant there, and I'll take some pictures, 
come back, you know, I'll go back, grab the train, go back to the hotel room and just unwind, right? Just buy something stupid and just kind of unwind and see what stupid shit I can find on the internet to watch on my phone Mm -hmm. because I still didn't have a a working charger for my laptop. And um, I get up Tokyo Tower. The top of the tower is crowded. The gift shops are crowded. The restaurant area is crowded. And I'm like, okay. And then um, to go go up to Tokyo Tower to the observation decks, you take an elevator. Um, To go down, you have to basically walk down Tokyo Tower. Um, which is unbeknownst to any tired traveler who is coming through the area, bright eyed and slightly, you know, bright eyed and deflated tailed, just wanting to get some pictures, maybe buy a couple souvenirs and then go back home. It's about about 60 flights of stairs down. And, um, that's a decent number of stairs. Yep. Just a bit just a bit and then so that took a lot longer than i thought and i was pretty much dead by the time i got to the bottom of that considering i had literally just fucking i'd already literally walked a giant hole in akihara uh, akihabara and then walked a mile to the train station and then proceeded to walk a mile back um so needless to say you ended up getting a lot more walking than expected or just the the same amount just in for different reasons a a lot of different reasons um a little a little little b like i knew there was going to be a lot of walking um i wasn't even mad about the mile back and forth but i was a little heated about the fucking elevator Mm -hmm. um and then um and for how crowded it was and the fact that like i literally just paired paid to walk downstairs and i'm like fucking idiot like and the like the pictures that I took of from there weren't even really good because like they didn't have the observation class wasn't very good. It was like um Oh my god, what is that called? It's, Telescope? What are, uh, no, the the what are they uh what's the glass on the in hockey that's around the around the room? Like, what do they call that? Well, it's just glass, but it would just be plexiglass, the boards yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like it was, it was like a, it was like a plastic plexiglass and, um, but not even like any kind of glass clear. It was all like cloudy and like straight plastic, like that plastic glass kind of thing. And, um, but it wasn't no, there was no glass. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing it reminds me of is like the windshield on a golf cart. Yeah. Where it's, it ends up being something where it's, mostly foggy it doesn't have as quite of a and i'm saying this as i'm looking through my glasses now that i'm wearing more and more every day that has like a thumbprint right in the middle of it uh but there it's true glass ends up being something that you can almost see or ends up being something that is like not even there whereas most of the uh um the plexiglass or like like you're saying the hockey glass style stuff it it just mm-hmm. it takes scratches and it never even if you clean it like it never really gets the the fog out yeah. of the way yeah so uh so that was fun um so that basically you know that walk back and fighting with basically trying to find the proper kind of um converter 
for the for my laptop was was pretty fun. So that wrapped that up in in the Yokohama Tokyo area, um, which it was killing me to pay double to stay outside of Tokyo mm-hmm. when I could have paid half the price and stayed inside Tokyo. So um, at that point, I was after now you add that basically and right after the train debacle that she didn't she didn't she didn't she's basically yeah so i was i was not very happy with her um so arguably so i went back to osaka um and then the first day back in osaka what did i do um i went to that's right because i think i ended up losing a day because i just slept i went to kyoto um was that the last day was it the one of those days i i lost the day i can't remember what happened um but i ended up going to kyoto um and that was arguably the most fun that i had um was that the day that I lost to doing laundry? <laughs> I think I lost a day. I lost an entire day. Not an entire day, but it was pretty... I think it might have been the day, but... Um, I um, went to Kyoto, and that was arguably the most fun that I had. Um, was in Kyoto sightseeing. Um, that was actually a lot of fun. I ended up going to this um, garden... Um, I went to a, a, a temp. I went to the bamboo place. If you ever go to Tokyo, there is like this this Furishima. It's like a bamboo forest or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's not a real forest. It's like fucking. It's like maybe five hundred meters of bamboo. Okay, that's still that, a decent amount. That like that you can like kind of like sort of, but it's like paved, and you you don't really get close to it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's pretty much the entire thing. And the important thing is that it's free. So. It's super crowded, like wall to wall. Like I went on like a Tuesday, and it was still packed. Yeah. What? What the fuck did I do that Monday? I literally, like, I've literally just I I lost the day because <laughs> I know I wanted a Tuesday and I got back. <laughs> I checked into the hotel. I just yeah, I lost a I lost a Monday. Um. So <laughs> I did something, but um. I can't remember. So um, it was packed. It was like on a Tuesday. There were like a whole bunch of field trips, all that. Um, so what I did is that very close to the bamboo gardens is a um, a or the bamboo forest or shrine or whatever they want to call it. Um, there is a um, garden, the small garden shrine that an actor in like the 40s or 50s basically – turned his property into on the side of Kyoto on the side of one of these hills in Kyoto. Okay. But you pay about 10,000 yen to get in, but it does get you traditional Japanese green tea and a little sweet to have with a tea. So that was arguably the most fun I had the entire time. Um, because at this point I was literally just paying to get away from the crowds and the tourists. Yep. And uh, I was like, <laughs> because in America, we solve our problems by throwing money at them until they stop becoming problems. <laughs> so it basically dropped the the population of people that had basically went into the gardens um, 
from the forest, which they're right next to each other. Like you could easily walk into the garden. Um, the difference between the, the population drop off was probably 97%. Okay. So the entire thing was literally just empty. Um, I had, I went from seeing thousands, like a thousand people around me to seeing three people ahead of me. And then they walked slightly faster. So I actually got to go through that entire garden by myself. Um, and using the word garden doesn't do its service. Um, you're basically, um, kind of hiking up the mountain and, um, getting really nice overviews of all of Kyoto, um, or downtown Kyoto, so to speak from the mountainside, from the mountainside. Um, and I, I did go during fall. So there was a lot of the leaves, leaves. changing colors and, and, and all that. And it was actually really pretty and it was really serene and it was really nice. And I was like actually really happy with it and had, um, you know, I had my little cup of tea and, um, which is really good. And I was relatively happy with that day. And I was like, you know, it was good. Like I got to experience something pretty much just kind of by myself. And I got to try uh, Sakura ice cream. Um, so that was cool. Um, but yeah, so that was like pretty much a fun, um, a fun, that was like a pretty fun day. And then the next day I went to Nara, um, which they're known for their deer and they have a lot of deer. Okay. They're just all over the place though. They like it, like outside some of the shrines it literally just smelled like a petting zoo. I can imagine. And, um, you know, and they had like vendors there where you'd like pay them 150 yen to feed the deer. And I'm like, like y'all fucking stupid. Do y'all want scabies? That's how you get scabies <laughs> feeding. And these, these deer, like I took like th- two or three pictures of the deer and then quickly saw how like lack of like how the deer did not give any shits about anything happening, happening around it. And I was like, this isn't fun. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't catching a deer in a candid moment. This deer is like, I'm just here for the food. It's used to it. It's conditioned just to sit there and wait. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, whatever. Like, so I ended up going to some temples, uh, checked out the temples, walked around. Um, that was nice. Um, that was fun. Nara was okay. Um, and then I ended up starting my flight back. Um, I don't think um, I'll fly Air China again uh, for two reasons. Um, a, um, I actually started on a down all the reviews movies poorly uh, from all the movies that I watched. Yeah, I, I imagine you have quite a backlog there. So, uh, give me give me one second, and I'll, I'll read you a, a quip from my notes that I took on a, a, the the vomit bag. Yeah, I watched a ton of movies, obviously, and, you know, 30 some odd hours of flying. Um, I watched almost their entire catalog. Um, so the one I actually decided that actually made me start taking notes was I started watching San Andreas with The Rock. Okay. <laughs> and in the first five minutes, this is what made me do it. Um, there's a scene in that movie where The Rock is like a he's like a, a he's like a rescue person. Like rescues people out of stupid situations, and um, in the first in the first scene of the movie, this girl is like hanging on by it, like a she's in a jeep and she's like hanging on by it. The jeep's hanging on by like a rock off the side of a cliff, and the guy swings down and goes, "How you doing?" 
And she responds, and I quote, I'm not, fe- I'm not feeling very well. <laughs> <laughs> and my note is, you're hanging off the side of a cliff. You fucking idiot. <laughs> you're just not feeling very well. I wish my life was, like, great enough where I was, like, near death and was just like, how are you doing? Not great, but not awful. I'm not hanging off the side of a cliff awful, but I could be better. And then the, the note immediately under that is, Paul Giamatti... Correction, I wrote, Paulie G, Dumpy Science Man. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, fucking Paul Giamatti. Why the fuck is he in that movie? The paycheck. So, um, anyway, so saying that while I saw Fred Claus on TV today, so I, I'm all I see is Paul Giamatti as Santa Claus in San Andreas now. <laughs> God have mercy on everyone. But, um, yeah, so, um, Side note, I also watched Ready Player One. Okay. That movie is a dumpster fire. That movie is a dumpster fire. That's one that I think is um, similar to like my viewing of X-Men Age of Apocalypse on an airplane, where that's not one where you're generally going to have the best time on a small airplane screen, as opposed to something where you can overlook a lot of the problems with it if you're going to see it in a theater or an IMAX-type situation, where, again, I understand that's not the the best kind of place to be making movies for, is, like, you can only see it in the in a movie and that or in a, in a theater, and that's the only way it's going to be worthwhile. But... That is there is something to be said about the visual medium of storytelling versus everything yeah. to be long form story. But yeah, again, that there a lot of the the big more visual graphic spectaculars aren't the greatest when it comes to uh, uh, being seen on a on a uh, small airplane movie screen. Yeah, the entire plot to that movie was just a hot mess. Like it was not very good, very kind of Mary Sue didn't make a lot of sense it was just like it kind of just i don't know it, it was not a very good movie. i was very disappointed um like but i knew this i knew the source material wasn't great in the first place but i was not very i was very disappointed overall with that especially because that's a spielberg joint right so anyway so i watched i watched way too many movies uh surprise sleeper movie was actually chips okay with uh yeah, Back with, shepherd uh, yeah, and with a uh, what's his name, um, Jonathan uh, Pina or something. He's in he's in uh, Ant the Man. Ant Man movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was actually not bad. I went in with like really low expectations and was presently supply- surprised. So, um, anyway, so I'm probably never gonna fly Air China again because their flights either left early or were delayed. So. <laughs> They just couldn't get on time. <laughs> they couldn't get their shit together to be enough on time. So, um, uh, anyway, so flight to Osaka, uh, going through airport security. I'm pretty sure I lost a phone charger because, uh, fun fact with airport security in China, they either have their shit together, um, or don't have their shit together. And apparently the day that I went through was the, uh, uh, fearless leader must be watching day. Okay. Because, um, I no, mind you, I'd gone through like maybe a week and a half, week and some change before, and was like, okay, through without a problem, nothing, um, no issues whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. I forgot to take my cell, I forgot to take my cell phone out of my pocket and like 
my cell phone on my wallet because I literally said, do I need to, what do I need to put in the bins? And they said, oh, just your laptop. I'm like, anything else? They're like, no. I'm like, cool. And they're like, what's this? I'm like, it's a cell phone. I'm like, okay. So they run it through and they're like, oh, it's just a cell phone. And then he has my wallet. He's like, what's this? And I'm like, it's a wallet. There's money in it, you fucking idiot. And like, um, so I was going through. And when I went through this, when I went through the next time, uh, their airport security was dreadful. Um, uh, side note, I will say that um, the... New York has to get it. New York City has to get its airports together because they're fucking piles of shit. Um, when the airport security in China, which did not fucking move at all, was more efficient than your airport security at JFK, you have an issue. You have huge issues. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and they wanted you to basically pull out every single, um, every single item, uh, electronic item out of your bag. Uh, where on including the charger in which side in Beijing okay uh, leaving yeah in Beijing and uh, including your chargers and everything so that was fun and in the process I ended up pretty sure losing part of my phone charger so that was fun um, so anyway get off the flight get into uh, get into JFK and then I proceeded to experience the worst eight hours uh, excuse me, the worst 14 hours of travel in my life. So I get into JFK. Um, it's lightly snowing. And I'm flying back American. And uh, American cancels all the flights. They go, oh, we put you on another flight. Okay, well, it's at LaGuardia. Like, okay, well, you canceled the flight. Is there a shuttle or anything that takes? Yeah, it's like 20 bucks. You have to pay for it. Okay. That's bullshit. Right. Oh, it gets better. Yeah, absolutely. So I take the flight over. I I take the the shuttle over. Get to uh, American. They go, did they book you anything over at JFK? I go, no. And the guy sees, because like, when they pull up your tickets, they can see how far you've traveled. And like, he's like, holy shit. Like, he's like, you probably just want to get home, huh? And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> and by looking at that, you probably know I'm, I'm not up for small talk. <laughs> yeah, so he was real nice. He goes, all right, man, I'll get you on the, on the, on the next flight out of here. So um, run down, get on the, get on the flight. Uh, we taxi we taxi for three hours. Um, and in the entire process, they basically, um, yeah, so they, they basically, we taxi for three hours, and then they go, okay, well, we've already de-iced the plane X amount of times. Um, we can't de-ice the plane. We have to cancel the flight. After we've been taxiing, because they couldn't get their shit together to actually taxi. Okay. Um, right. Yeah. So good old American. So we come back. They have no idea what the fuck they're doing. They basically canceled every single flight except one from RDU from JFK to RDU until Saturday. So we're literally just sitting there fighting with people trying to get on other flights. They're canceling flights for no. They're just canceling flights for no reason. Um. So I get on a flight that was supposed to, uh, they're basically bumping people like crazy. And I get on a flight for, that's supposed to leave at 930. Somehow I basically weasel. I'm pretty sure I stole somebody's seat on this flight. Um, 
because I was basically automatically getting booked on other flights mm-hmm. through their American Airline app. No, no sign. And this is all happening during travel agent hours. Nothing from the travel agent. No emails or anything. You get alerts when my flights are canceled. Yeah. Especially being just AAA as far as being that the, you know, one of the largest travel companies or travel providers in the country. You would think you would hear something. Nothing from her. Not an email, not anything. And... So we basically start and now LaGuardia, if you've ever had the, the pleasure of flying through LaGuardia, um, LaGuardia is a shithole, uh, much like China. So we can bridge our international hostility with those two common grounds that our airports are all shit in our major cities. And um, I just did that finger thing. <laughs> they're, like, they're inter- interlocking like uh, the, the the hand scissoring thing. <laughs> um, so uh, I somehow get put on this flight. And there are a lot of very angry people at this point. Um, they basically are saying they could not get anyone to. They could not get you to. They could. They're basically saying they couldn't get a flight out in two days until Saturday mm-hmm. to with anywhere within a three hour distance of RDU. No Richmond, no Charlotte, no uh, Wilmington, no Columbia. Where, where were you at at this point? I was at JFK. You're st- okay, you're still at JFK. <laughs> yeah, this is... Yeah. Yeah. They canceled, they canceled, I was on three flights that were canceled. I somehow weaseled my way into this other flight. She books it for me. I, I almost lost my shit. I almost there was one point where she goes, "The near the next flight's in Saturday." I'm like, "I've got no fucking money left, dude." Like, I paid for the flight. Give me my goddamn flight. Mm-hmm. Like, this is outrageous. I'm like, how can you run businesses like this? So I get on the flight that's supposed to leave at um, 9:30. Um, the pilots are there. They're literally talking. Literally every single person on this flight because it's a small regional flight. It's only sitting 44 people. Mm-hmm. And the pilots are like, as far as we know, we're fucking flying. We're going to fly. We're going to get you guys to where you, where you need to go because we have places to get to. They're like, cool. So uh, the, our plane got there and we proceeded to sit at the gate waiting for the plane that was there for three hours to move. And that plane that was there had people on it. So they literally just weren't letting people off of the plane Mm -hmm. for three hours because there was a flight from Richmond that was just sitting there. And um, we ended up flying out at one. We got on the first plane at one o'clock in the morning. Uh, They go, okay, we're about ready to go. The plane's ready. We don't even taxi. They go. Airport maintenance found an issue with the plane that they can't fix within a reasonable time manner, so we have to get on another plane. We deboard the plane. It's about one thirty. Get on plane number. Get on plane number two. We have to fuel up and de-ice the plane. And I'm like, what? How? Like <laughs> this is unacceptable. If I try to do. I know people if like if I was that ill prepared for anything like I would be a wreck. So 
we finally take off. It's like three something. We finally take off. I get into RDU around four thirty. My roommate picks me up. We go grab food because it's the only at Waldhaus because it's the only place that's open. open. I come home. Yeah, I sleep for six hours. You know, I let my, my mom know. Obviously, I let you. You know, the family know that I made it fucking home. I got in this morning and then immediately headed out to Savannah for that convention. Um, so I am in, I'm still heated with the travel agent. She had the audacity to send me a, a, an, an email today or yesterday. Oh, I hope your trip was great. If you thought I did, did a good with job, a survey? recommend me to your family and friends. <laughs> no survey. No survey. But, uh. Yeah, I'm like, mm, buddy, you're not getting shit from me. Like, you're not getting any recommendation. I'm going to call and fucking complain about you when I get the first chance, buddy. Um, you recommend me to your family and friends. I'm like, I would never recommend your service to anybody. And I would, it's, I had such a negative experience because of your half acidry with AAA. I would never do that again. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's like my flights were getting canceled left and right and you were nowhere You'd to be found. found. No email, anything. And you got th- alerts so yeah so i was not very happy with that so uh savannah video game expo um my panel had a grand total my two panels had a grand total of four attendees total um i picked up some cool stuff i actually traded magic cards straight across for video games which was actually nice yeah no hit that's so, uh um, can't beat that so um, I, I am, however, down a Tarmogoyf in a couple wastelands. Um, um, but so, well, I wasn't using the Tarmogoyf, and nobody plays goddamn magic with me. So, as we've said before, uh, you know, our buddy John that says it's only cardboard, and going back to what you just said there, nobody's playing magic with you. So, if you're going to actually play the video games or keep them, they're probably going to be a little bit more stable of a economic impact yeah. for you than the cardboard at this um, point so yeah so um so savannah video game expo was very interesting uh they were not organized um at all um and they didn't know how to advertise for anything um it was very small and which is fine small is fine uh however they were not doing a good job of getting enough people in the door mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, I was able to get stuff even though I was fucking broke. I think, dude, I think I had, like, fucking $80 left. <laughs> I was like, oh, great. Well, um, I was able to sell off enough stuff to um, get new stuff. And, and I had sold some magic cards before I left to one of the local shops and got hosed on that. But that's whatever that is happens when you do that. Um I picked up I picked up a lot of quality games too. I had a buddy that was selling out of stuff, so um, that was picked up some quality stuff from him. But they weren't not a lot of people in, not a lot of people out. They weren't really advertising stuff properly. Um, you know, they advertised it as like a video game expo, and it really wasn't a video game expo. It was a one of those generic kind of convention things but done on a much smaller scale. So there was a lot of video games, but nobody was, I would say about 55% of the people, 60% of the people there weren't necessarily there for video games. Yeah. Um, 
it was one of those events where you basically just watched people who paid for vendor boosts, which were only like 150 bucks or whatever, basically just cannibalize and buy each other's inventory. Yeah. <laughs> They're just pushing stuff around the, the floor to each other. Yeah, so um, my buddy made, made a killing. Um, I think he, I think he made out with six grand. Oh, that's nice. That's a good weekend. Um, he was a very pro- he he had a very nice he, his video game collection was very nice and it was about three times the size of mine. And he had some very very nice pieces. Um, actually, actually has a couple pieces. I'm I'm gonna I have to try and figure out how to get from him. Him, uh relatively soon um not super soon but relatively next couple months i figured i would uh if i if i am actually able to get those pieces from him i am actually going to go for a complete n64 set um because he has three of the rarest games on the system so um and those are the pieces that i'm going to try and get from him but um th- so uh savannah was Okay, would I go next year? Most likely not. Should I have gone this year? That was debatable. Um, I thought it was going to be good. And I had the panel. Uh, I thought I did a good job on the panel. Um, Some folks like to say that I rambled through it, but um, there's a lot of good information there. Um, I actually think that... Because I had prepared notes and everything Mm -hmm. for it beforehand. And I actually think they were good enough where I actually think we should probably actually uh, just do that... um, as a as an episode one of these days um works for me and i yeah um because i did you know good good good, i thought it was a good panel i thought it was really informative but um so uh on the way back from savannah uh, we stopped at a random gas station in south carolina and i got accused of stealing a piece of candy And I, you know, I'm like, it's like, no, when you say piece, this is, this is like a piece that they have up for like a quarter or a nickel or a dime. Yeah. 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 And the dude, the dude loses his shit. And I, you know, I fucking empty out my pockets or whatever. And I go, I'm like, dude, I'm like, you need to apologize to me. And he's like, no, I'm not going to apologize for doing my job. So I just basically threw the stuff I was going to get on the counter and walked out. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so that was fun. And people, you know, basically go, why do you also think South Carolina is a shithole? And it's like, well, um, because this is, this is how it, this, this is the is experience I, I have when I'm driving through. Yeah, like this this place is a the place is entire shithole. He didn't like he didn't mess with the dude in front of me. Um he was fine, you know. White dude, black dude, you're gonna accuse of stealing a fucking thirty nine cent piece of candy. You know. And I was buying like I was buying snacks and shit. So there's like, you know, fucking gas station snacks where I've already basically, you know, acquiesced that I was gonna fucking spend and a shit ton of money on stuff. You think fucking... I was deciding whether or not your fucking 40 cent piece of chocolate looked good enough for me to fucking buy. And spoiler alert, it fucking didn't. And that's why there's issues. Like, yeah, so that was fucking absolutely fucking ridiculous. And uh, so that was fun. And then I got back. So we got back uh, late Sunday. I slept. I I made myself wake up on Monday. And then that's when I actually started to put the whole schedule stuff together. I was like, I'm supposed to have another day off this week. 
and I didn't get it. Yeah, so that was pretty much my uh, those were pretty much my my travel experiences there uh, through that. Um, as far as it goes for you know working over there, um, what I decided was basically um, I'm still about sixty forty, um, but what I decided is I'm going to be much more um, certain in the decisions that I make about going over there. So um, to work, so basically. Like, I'm only going to apply to the, I'm only going to do it if I get a good job offer. I'm not, I'm not going to waste my time applying to okay companies Mm -hmm. because with the good job offers, you get part of your travel reimbursed and they have a a support network set up for you within it. So, um, also I don't want to take a, like if I don't get the opportunity to teach at the collegiate level over there for those, for their with the with my masters mm-hmm. i won't necessarily be like locked into like a not great job makes sense like if if i wait for the good job offers then you know if i take the good job offers i'll be making more money have access to the the network have part of my living cost subsidized and if i don't take another job i'm not going to instantly like i'm not going to regret it like if I end up having just to renew my contract with one place, it'll be okay versus basically taking any job to get over there. Yeah. Um, it, that's quite a leap to be to to have the, use the foot in your door mentality to get over there as opposed to, yeah, like you said, be more discerning in your decisions to figure out exactly what you want to do and make sure that what you do want to do when you get over there is exactly what you want to be doing and not just, taking it for whatever you can find. Yeah. And like, it's one of those things where it's like, I realize that like for decisions like that, I obviously can't like other people aren't even going to other people's motivations for decisions like that are going to be so selfish Mm -hmm. that I, it's, I have to make sure that I'm literally making the best decision for me and not worry about outside factors of those decisions. And, um, that was like kind of a, that was kind of a big thing, um, with that. And that's basically what that trip realized. Cause hell, you can't even pay somebody to make the proper decisions for you. Yeah. That shows it like, in <laughs> your experience there. So, I mean, that ends up being the multiple times that we've talked about it here, uh, exactly what you're exactly what you were looking for though. I mean, that's you know, going into it, you wanted to see, is that something that you wanted to go into and think that you had a future in doing? Is it something that you wanted to do in general or something that was just kind of an inclination that once you got over there, you weren't going to look into it. So the fact that you, you know, given the right situation, you would still be gung ho for it. That's, you know, you ended up getting a lot of value out of the trip then. Yeah, like I um like I mean I did apply to Jet when I got back. Um I don't know if I did it right, but we'll find out in January and then we'll have Ion. Um so like I'll have like a relatively good idea of, you know, what I can find, what I can't, um, you know, and just try and get stuff together and just try and start making decisions that way. Um for for you know to make sure that i'm making the best decisions for me and not anybody else um 
Because there are a lot of, we've talked about that before, there's like some, uh, a lot of outside pressures that may not necessarily be genuine in their interest or more focused on their specific benefits Mm -hmm. from that, um, from making a poor decision. And I'm just not going to do that to myself. Like, I let somebody else make some key decisions or trusted someone else to make key decisions and they didn't do it. And um, they didn't do a good job of it. I was just like, okay, we're done. We're we're done with that. Like, so, um, but yeah, there's a, um, there's a lot of that. So, uh, I mean, we learned some stuff. Um, I mean, overall, it was a good time. Very tiring. Um, and then having to deal, you know, these coworkers are just. I just, you know, I don't. I gotta. Hmm, I gotta take the time to make sure I find a, uh, a a good fit for me in whatever I choose to do. So, because um, I don't know how much longer I can handle these dummies I work with. Well, yeah, I mean, even whether it's it's over there or wherever here. I mean, obviously, you'd want to yeah. get something that you can do to have a good uh, a a good work life balance, and so that you're not wanting to. Uh, kind of again throttle your coworkers if you're in a foreign land type thing too yeah like you know i'd be like you know and there's a lot of that where it's like did i learn you know knowing japanese to i I can see why people go over there and just don't know any japanese and get along fine like once you figure out the train system you're fine so like you need minimal Japanese to be able to navigate that. But once you navigate it on a day-to-day basis, you know, after realistically after like two months, you're fine. Right. So like, and that's two months conservative. So like I can see how people get over there and realize they don't need a lot of Japanese or, or that. So it was a good, like it was a good experience. I'm kind of just ready to get this year over with. Please listen carefully. 